Janice, I'm sorry I'm late. That's okay. I'm glad you got here when you did. I've been crying for hours. Have you? I had to put my makeup on three separate times because of the tears. Well, third time's a charm. You look, you look fantastic. Let's take some pictures. Welcome back to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. We've got another uh, album discussion, I suppose. As I've said in the past, I kind of hate to call these things reviews because I don't give a grade or a score or anything in the end. I just like talking about records that I like. Uh, This one being a brand new one, we're going to talk about Four Years Strong's Brain Pain, which just came out. But first, uh, let's uh, get the the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Uh, If you're listening to this on YouTube... Uh, I'd suggest you stop right now if you can and go find it on your favorite podcast app. The experience will be so much more full, so much fuller. I don't, anyway, you know what I mean. Go find it on your favorite podcast app because uh, we've got music in here, all that kind of stuff. But if you're on YouTube, none of that's there. Also, go uh, follow us on your favorite, your choice of social networking, uh, Twitter and Instagram handles, both at Growing Punk Pod. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, Go find us, go hang out. And wherever you're listening to the show, make sure you rate it, review it, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. So, We're going to talk about Four Years Strong's brand new record, Brain Pain. So let's go. Okay, so full disclosure, um, looking forward to this album since it was announced, but realistically for me, this is kind of my first album cycle with Four Years Strong. Uh, I'd been familiar with them for quite some time, or, or aware of them, I should say, for quite some time, but never really gave them the time of day until more recently, and then when they started releasing singles for this record, I was in. They were surprising me. They were sounding good. How could I not, right? I'm sure if you're a Four Years Strong fan, I, I haven't heard any complaints about the record to this date and and the singles that came out beforehand Uh, but here we are it's out now and we get to enjoy it first and foremost let's talk about that intro track because that thing is a beast unto itself 
Uh, the track being called It's Cool, which is probably one of my... There's like a little moment here and there, moments here and there on the record that I absolutely love. And when the music cuts out and he says, It's Cool, uh, gets me every time, which kind of leads me to, to something that I wanted to bring up because there are parts on this record that actually uh, remind me of Seaway. And some people, you know, I've heard, I've heard them say, yeah, well, Four Year Strong's been around since before Seaway, this and that, which is true. But in the Four Year Strong stuff I've listened to, and maybe I just haven't found it yet, there's nothing that reminds me as much of Seaway as uh, particularly the song Learn to Love the Lie, which was one of their advanced singles that they released. But in It's Cool, where it cuts out and it says It's Cool, reminds me of Seaway, except, you know, a little more tamed back from uh, when they dropped their Everything is Cool Man line. And maybe it's just because they use the word cool in both of them. But this opener, uh, the way it starts, the guitars are all over the place. Uh, it's not really anything that seems to be anchored down and centered down. It's just this big sound of guitars, and then they're singing over top of it, followed by the cutout, and then the song just takes off and kind of gives you an idea what is to come with this record. Because when the drums come in, when the rest of the band comes in, uh, my word, it, it goes real fast and that's the thing this this album it's heavy it's poppy it's fast it's even experimental at times and you get every single bit of that in this first song in this opener it's it's kind of everything i feel an opener should be so uh good on them for that um you know whether it's a vocal line in a song like uh i want to i want to glow in the shadow i want to shimmer enough to fade away how they sing that line in the title track gets me every time and that's one thing that i've come to appreciate real quick about four years strong is just uh not only their songwriting but their song composition and how they put things together it feels like Everything kind of has a purpose. They put thought into everything that's in these that 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 makes its way into these songs, and you know that little line there and how they sing it and everything again cuts out. It's it's just it's that's the thing. The album is full of little parts that take songs over the top. So let's talk about three songs in particular on this record. It's kind of what we like to do when we discuss these albums, starting with the song Seventeen. <laughs> What's not to love about this song? Lyrically, it tackles the idea of looking back fondly on our younger years, which, I mean, pop punk is notorious for that. It's not really the only genre of music that's notorious for that, but kind of definitely seems to be a thing. I mean, this podcast itself, that's essentially what we're doing most of the time, is taking a look back on music from our younger years and you know feeling real fond and nostalgic about it. 
And if there's one thing that I've learned as I grow older, it's how much I love looking back on times that maybe didn't seem all that great at the time or all that important at the time, but being able to see what's come out of it. And I just kind of get that idea, you know, with this song, Four Year Strong's been a band for a little while now. Obviously, you know, that's not specifically what this song is about, but I wouldn't doubt if there's, you know, a little bit of that in there, just looking back on fondly on things. But um, one thing, the, the first thing that jumped out to me on this song we have to talk about it is the guitar work in this song because the verses kind of chug uh, but then they pull back for the pre-chorus where you get a bit of like a palm muted riff that is either on the higher strings or higher up on the fretboard on the guitar um, followed by this guitar riff that may just be one of the best riffs I've heard in a pop punk song in quite some time it's so unique it's so weird it's choppy almost robotic but it fits so well And towards the back half of the song, it cuts out for a few lines and kind of gets atmospheric uh, before coming right back in. This time, that riff is still robotic and choppy, but the rest of the band fills in around uh, to drive it home and to drive the rest of the song home. And it's easily, if I pick a song off this record to go and listen to, if the one that's getting stuck in my head, it is this song. And funny enough, it's the guitar riff that gets stuck in my head. But that's going to lead us into our next song that we're going to chat about called Be Good When I'm Gone. Production-wise, this song itself feels nostalgic. I I don't know if that's intentional, um, and maybe that's just me with acoustic songs often, you know, kind of putting you more in, you know, an an emotional and emotionally vulnerable state. I don't know if that makes sense, but specifically on this song, I find the deadness of the guitar strings uh, on the acoustic emphasize uh, just that nostalgic feeling. It sounds like it's played on a guitar that hasn't had a string change in years, uh, and that's kind of interesting to me. Um, There is something about that sound. You know, you put new strings on a guitar and it sounds so bright, which also sounds great. But then sometimes you pick up an old guitar that's just been sitting there and you play it and it's got dead sort of strings on it. And there's just something, it it brings an an entirely different experience out of it. Uh, And I I get that a little bit with this song, with the way the acoustic sounds. Um, I might, you know, maybe nitpick a little bit about the string arrangement on this. Um, Although that was more the first time I listened to the song. As I've listened to it, each and every time after that, it's gotten more and more 
Uh, it's grown on me more and more. Lyrically, the song seems to be about the writer having to leave someone he loves behind. Now, you could take it as the writer leaving a partner behind uh, while they go out on the road, but more specifically, I get the feeling uh, that the writer is leaving a child at home while they're on the road. Not leaving the child at home alone. <laughs> Raise yourself now. But, you know, as they head out on the road, specifically in the lines where he says, try to be good when I'm gone, though nothing you could do wrong or so nothing you could do would be that wrong. Uh, leaving us, you know, kind of with the, the impression, the visions of the innocence of a child, even when they mess up. If you've had a child, have children, you know, they've been young at some point in time, you know they oftentimes get themselves in trouble. They oftentimes do things they shouldn't do, but they're little children. They're learning. They're exploring, right? And I kind of get that idea from uh, that line. Or the line, the house looks like the aftermath of a hurricane. I hope it stays that way. Uh, visions here of the chaos created when children play. But how there's something endearing in that. I mean, I don't know about you. I don't really like living in or with you know a messy house. Um, but when, when children have torn it apart, I know grandparents say that all the time. Oh, the house is a disaster. But you know the, the, the laughter and giggle of children in their house, um, it, it just it, it puts a smile on their face. And I can kind of see that, you know, uh, hoping it stays that way. Uh, for me, this song specifically actually reminds me of a time when I was traveling back and forth a lot for work uh, and having to leave my wife and children behind for periods of time, you know, being gone for a number of nights, being home for only a couple of days, and then being on, being gone again. And uh, so, I, you know, I kind of get that feeling. And maybe, again, just with the, the whole tie-in with, you know, the acoustic kind of sounding, the way it sounds, and just this, this song offering a nice break on the record um, because it, it, it's not like... The thing I love about this record is it's not that every song hits you and assaults you in the same way by any means because I don't think there's a single song on here that really sounds the same as any other song, uh, but it, it also all flows cohesively as a record. So uh, this song, though, just kind of breaking it up real nice, um, which will lead us into the final song we're going to look at. And actually, it's the final song on the record. We're going to take a look at the song Young at Heart. <laughs> not often I focus on an album closer unless it smashes. There's something about being able to put together, you know, a song to close a record that is is an art form in itself. And I think this song closes out the album 
really well maybe even perfectly um, it provides a change in sound which as i mentioned you know earlier in the review that or in the discussion that you know they don't really have any songs that sound the same necessarily but this one and young or uh not young at heart this is young at heart this one and be good when i'm gone are the two that stand apart the most for that difference in sound um it makes you feel like you've come to the end of a journey just the way this strong is this strong this song is structured it is strong it's a strong song um from the fuzzy synths to the pulsing drum beat like kind of how it starts anytime the first time for sure when that you know kind of uh kick drum came in that's more you know an electric kick drum sort of thing um and just sort of pulsing i uh all of a sudden you're going okay where's this song going i'm with you Uh, and the ethereal guitars that they've got going on through most of the song it starts off very different from any other song on here there are bits and pieces you might hear kind of influenced uh, or, or referenced throughout the record but this song just the way it's laid out very different obviously and when the song finally does get going um, we're moved along by a guitar riff that sounds like it could have been lifted straight from Siamese Dream uh, by Smashing Pumpkins the fuzziness of that distortion and then just the way the, the, I mean the guitar riff itself it's not even just the, the, the tone that they chose that reminds me of Smashing Pumpkins sounds like it could have been written by Billy Corgan um, I mean obviously it wasn't but maybe it was very heavily influenced by that, and that's a great influence to draw from, really. Uh, vocally, this may also be the best performance on the record, too. It's really showcasing their vocal abilities while, you know, while they're singing quiet and soft, as well as loud and hard, and there's kind of a gang vocal sort of thing going on here. It is all over the place, which really helps bring the album to a close. And the last verse of this song brings the album to a perfect close uh, with the lyrics, I'm searching for you in the dark, looking to find the counterpart that keeps me young at heart. Maybe just turning on the lights is the perfect place to start. And there's a touch of irony in how the record ends by stating a perfect place to start and then abruptly ending the album. Like there's no fade out. There's no, there's nothing after that. The perfect place to start and it's silence. And the first time I heard it is it was just kind of playing in the background. I just thought something went wrong. <laughs> I thought that, you know, oh, my, my internet must have dropped out or something and the stream just cut out. But no, it's just this well-crafted song that brings you to a close at the end of an album. And speaking of bringing to a close, let's get into our conclusion here. I would say give this record a listen. I've even recommended it to friends who aren't fans of Four Years Strong or, you know, who aren't people who, you know, they they haven't really ever given them a listen. There are a few parts on this record I'm not big on, like the machine gun drums on the worst part about me. They're not bad. In fact, as the song starts, they're great. They just get a little repetitive, I think, as the song goes on to just keep that pattern going. Um, And speaking of drums, that may actually be my biggest complaint of the record is the kick drum sits so far forward in the mix for me. It seems weird. Now, I say that knowing full well that, you know, I'm not I'm not a a sound engineer. I don't really mix anything outside of putting two voices together on a podcast. But um, the, the kick drum really jumps out. There are songs where the kick is right in your face, but the rest of the drums are kind of buried in the mix. Um, but again, it's, it's just kind of nitpicking because really it doesn't affect my overall listen. In fact, maybe it just like gets to me more when I'm actually listening for it. Uh, all in all, this record is worth every second of your time on the first listen and repeated listens. In fact, it may, may, maybe the biggest downfall is that it is so obnoxiously catchy and good that I myself find myself coming back to it over and over and over again like I, like it's it it's in a place it's in danger of 
overplay, um, which so far it hasn't. But I could see myself just like I could look at, you know, we're, we're in, uh, well, now it's March, but this album came out end of February. And, you know, so we got a number of months left in the year and I can already seeing it in my most played um, list of songs, you know, say on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever by the end of the year, simply based on the few days I've been listening to it since its release because it's just been on repeat. So all in all, go listen to it. Uh, you won't regret it. It's a fantastic record. Four-year strong fans should be happy uh, and I think it should land them some new fans. Um, with that said, we're going to get out of here. Go follow us on Twitter, uh, Twitter and Instagram at GrowingPunkPod. You can find our personal uh, accounts on there as well. Uh, and wherever you're listening, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, tell all your friends. That'll do it. Bye-bye. been saving that for you. Farted right into my butthole. It's like a fart transplant.